Hello, my friend. You are listening to Tide Pod episode number 23. And today I am so very excited because we are joined by Brittany, a power packed speaker, coach, and author who helps high achieving women live with meaning and lead with confidence. Brittany is known for her high energy, engaging approach to learning and development. And her practical approaches to achieving results are easy to incorporate without ever getting super overwhelmed. Beyond her business, Brittany spends time loving on her close-knit family, two fur babies, and trying new coffee blends. So what I am most, most, most excited for in this episode is just really diving into the infamous imposter syndrome, but really with a tint towards leadership, because we all know that as we step into these new roles, we start to get stretched and tested in ways that we just aren't quite used to. And that can come with a heavy bout of imposter syndrome if we're not careful. So Brittany is going to conversate with us and bring in her perspective and her wisdom on this super important topic. And I am just so ready for it. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to Tide Pod, a podcast crafted by Tiana Ty to help you purify your purpose in business, love and life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, dog mom, or just getting started, you're bound to find value as Tiana dives into meaningful topics each episode. So settle in, turn up the volume, and welcome your host, Tiana Ty. I've got to take just a quick second to ask you for a serious bit of support. TIEPOD would not be possible without your reviews, your comments, and just all of the positive feedback that we've been receiving so far. So if you haven't already, please go on, hit subscribe to make sure you're not missing out on any of this good and free content, and also be sure to leave a review. You may think that I'm not looking at them, but I swear to you, my friend, I read every single review and it just makes my heart so happy. So if you haven't already done so, Hit pause, leave a review, and then let's get back to the goodness. So, Brittany, I would absolutely love if you could introduce yourself to the TIEPOD audience. Tell us who you are, how you got to where you are. We want all the good stuff. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I am really excited about being here and um, the two of us being able to create transformation for women. I am really, my jam is fulfillment. Everything that I do is centered around helping women find fulfillment in their lives. So often we are conditioned to chase success only to find out that success and satisfaction do not always go hand in hand. And what happens is we get to the space where we find ourselves uh, achieving goal after goal and hitting condition after condition that we set for ourselves and we're still unhappy. We still feel unfulfilled. We still feel like we don't really have a sense of direction for our lives or anything to really show for the past few years of our lives. And so on the outside, we look like we have it together. But on the inside, a lot of times we're going through hell. We're at war internally. And so I was that person. Um, I am actually also still a special education teacher at the time. And one of the things that I was struggling with was the fact that I truly loved my students. There was not a lack of love for what I did, but I knew also that I was called to do more, that there was just more I needed out of life. 
And so what I do is help other women who are in that confusing space, that space where they know that they're supposed to be doing more and they're just really unclear on how to reach that. I help them create their own customized plan to unlock a sense of purpose and unwavering self-assurance so that they can live with meaning and lead with confidence because I wish I had that person to kind of guide me through that experience because we are, and especially when you're younger, um, being a younger woman, you know, people look at you and they say, well, you're so young, you know, you still have your whole life ahead of you. What could really be bothering you so much? You have a good job, you know, you have a great family, you know, and you really don't feel like you have a safe space to really talk about those things and it can make you feel so alone. Um, and the truth is that a whole lot of high achieving women, especially, are struggling with that very thing. You know, they may have created a business that no longer serves them. They may be at a job that no longer ser serves them at a high level. And so just it's a really confusing space that can feel really lonely. Um, and so I help women understand you really don't need more information. You don't need um, most of the time you don't need like more courses, more classes. You really need a plan is what is missing. And that a plan that will take the guesswork out of what you're supposed to be doing with your life. And so that is what I help help women do through my coaching programs, um, through my podcast that I host, the Fulfillment Factor podcast. And through speaking, uh, that is my that is my jam. That is what makes me feel alive on the inside is helping other women unlock that sense of purpose. Uh, I just love that on so many levels, especially because like I get what you're saying. There's kind of, you know, the messy middle of just realizing and accepting that, hey, maybe I do want more and that's okay. So I am obsessed with the fact that you have stepped in and are really helping women not only like handle it, but also master the messy middle by actually coming up with a plan. That's phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you. So I would love, honestly, nothing more than to dive right in because I know that this is a really, really big topic that we're talking about today, right? Mm -hmm. Like imposter syndrome. Me and my friends, we joke around and we're like, the imposter monster, don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> like it is, it just is everywhere. I actually don't think I've met an entrepreneur yet who hasn't struggled with it in some capacity. But what I really love about when you came to me and we had our little chat to decide what value we wanted to bring to the audience. I loved the slant that we kind of came up with in terms of confident leadership and overcoming imposter syndrome as we're stepping into leadership. So I would just love to hear your initial thoughts around, you know, why does this matter? Why should people even start to think about, wait a second, am I going to have imposter syndrome when it comes to my leadership capabilities or am I already having it? What do you think? Definitely. You know, and I think the biggest part about imposter syndrome is chances are you have either already experienced it or you're probably going to because research has shown that um, on average, about 70 percent of, of the population has experienced it or will experience it at some point in their life or business. And the the really important thing about imposter syndrome is being able to recognize what it is, because one of the biggest battles that women have, even with finding fulfillment, is they just know that they're they want more, but they don't know that 
they're unfulfilled. You know, it's it's this this battle where you're kind of put at the disadvantage because you don't even know what you're fighting for. You don't even know that you're fighting for fulfillment or that you're fighting against imposter syndrome. So that is why it's so important to have these conversations so that when it shows up, you at least know what it is, um, because chances are it is going to happen. And especially stepping into leadership positions um, and especially as women, we have this tendency as women to second guess everything that we do. I'm sure many of you have probably already heard the statistic about men applying for jobs when <laughs> they have about, you know, 60% of meet about 60% of the qualifications, but women, we won't apply unless we have a hundred percent. That shows up in how we operate on so many different levels. Now let's be clear, men suffer from imposter syndrome as well, but it is a especially high among high achieving women, women who are go-getters, who are entrepreneurs, who are in leadership positions, struggle with it so much. And so imposter syndrome is simply, simply put is you don't really believe that you deserve the success that you have. You're always afraid somebody's going to find out that you're not as good as you are that you're not as bomb as you really are, that you're not as qualified. You're always having these thoughts in your head that deter you from showing up big and and make you want to shrink back and just show up smaller than who you really are. And it keeps you from owning the beauty of who, who you are and what you have to offer the world because you're so caught up trying to quote unquote, play it safe. You always feel like what you know is so small compared to what everyone else knows. And so you're always afraid that you're going to be found out, that you're this fraud, that you're not really who you seem to be. On paper, (laughs) you might be good, but in your head, you're like, I look good on paper, but I don't think I really have the skills to live up to those credentials or you know, you try to be really friendly so people won't notice you or mind if you're not that good. Like in your head, you tell yourself, well, let me just be really nice to these people. And that way, if I mess up, it won't be a big deal. And this is this is one of the, the number one silent killers of sustainability in business, because when you carry over those types of thoughts in your leadership, you are essentially showing other people how to treat you. You are showing other people that you are not, you're not sure of who you are. And so they don't have a true, they don't have a true understanding of what boundaries need to be set in place because you don't even know. Like you're not even confident enough to set the boundaries that need to be set and not only set, but enforced because we can set boundaries all day. But if you struggle with imposter syndrome, it's going to hinder you from enforcing those boundaries and understanding that you really are this great, that you do deserve this position, and that these people truly are, it is an honor for them to be able to glean from you what they can, you know, and and not second guess yourself. Because when you move into that leadership position, people are going to be looking to you to help them. A lot of the people who are following you are going to be struggling with imposter syndrome. 
And so if all of y'all are sitting there feeding off each other's imposter syndrome, that could be the death of your business. Because if everybody's shrinking back and not fully operating in their zone of genius, your business suffers and not mm-hmm. your mental health. So this is really funny. And <laughs> I'm laughing to myself because you're really speaking so much truth. And like, this is a very serious topic. But when you said like, y'all are all feeding off of each other's imposter syndrome, all I imagine literally in my head is this imposter monster that me and my friend joke about. And I just imagine like an <laughs> imposter monster party. And it was just a mess. It was not good at all. Right. <laughs> essentially, you're right. That's essentially what happens. You all show up to the table. And because imposter syndrome is, is really a buzzword that has really started getting um, attention, a lot of mm-hmm. people don't even know that they're struggling with imposter syndrome. So in your mind, you're sitting at this table thinking, I'm the only one feeling this way. I'm the only one struggling with these types of thoughts. And what you don't understand is, um, if you're sitting at a table of 10, probably there beyond you, there are at least six other people sitting at that table feeling the same way, but they're yep. choosing to show up anyway. And so, you know, just understanding you're not alone and that fear is really our our physiological response to being in an unfamiliar situation. That's what it is. And that is why it's fear. It's not fraud. You know, you have Mm. thoughts that are triggered because you're being stretched into the unknown. It's unfamiliar territory. And so it's a natural response for you to feel fearful, to feel like you don't belong here or that there must have been a mistake. And the truth is you should really use that as your compass to make sure that you're constantly stretching yourself and growing. And I think one of the biggest misconceptions people struggle with when they move into leadership positions is just that I'm in this position and they, I can't afford to make any mistakes. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. Whether you're moving up on, on, in a position at your job, or if you're moving into a leadership position in your business, you are in that position because the people around you, it's not that they don't they expect you not to make mistakes. No, they trust that you're able to leverage your mistakes for learning in a way that other people may not. So Mm -hmm. not that they don't want you to make mistakes. No, they just know that you are the queen of bouncing back. They know that you can take lemons and make lemonade, you know? And so that is why you are in that position because of your resiliency, because of your innovation, your intuition your intuition. It is not a fluke. It is not because you came off as something, someone more powerful than you are. You really are that. You really are. Yes. And you know what I keep thinking about? Because like, I do understand that a lot of times when people speak about imposter syndrome, we're usually talking about some sort of role or position, right? Mm -hmm. So But when it comes to leaders and these business owners who have started these amazing, literally life-changing businesses, and they're killing it in their audience, you know what I mean? And they're doing the solopreneur thing, rocking it, wearing all the hats. But then all of a sudden, the business gets bigger than what they can handle in the best way possible, and they have to hire, right? Mm -hmm. So 
I think it's just so interesting because as we talk about imposter syndrome, it's just a really good reminder that the same way they felt stretched as they started the business and kind of felt like an imposter, right? It's just Mm -hmm. a new version of that in terms of embracing the fact that now you're hiring and now you're not only someone's boss, you are a leader. And that's it's just a new stretch, right? Right, right. It's that whole being stretched into the unknown. And the honest truth is you want to basically befriend fear, become the friend of fear. Don't run away from it. You know, welcome fear and say, hey, fear, you're in the room, which means I'm doing the right thing. I must be headed in the right direction because you're here. You're afraid because I'm going into the unknown, which is what we should be constantly doing in our life, in our business is stretching to new heights. And so what you do is you greet fear, but you let fear know, hey, you're here. That lets me know I'm on the right track, but you don't run this show. I do. So you go have a seat in the corner. So it's not about running away from fear. It's about channeling fear in a way that makes you more productive, that motivates you to keep going so that you understand it's just my natural response to feel fearful. And a lot of the people, you know, based on the research, the numbers don't lie. So if if an estimated 70% of people have dealt with imposter syndrome, a lot of these people that you look up to, um, a lot of these leaders that you aspire to be like, they have struggled with imposter syndrome and they likely struggle with it from time to time. It's usually not something you just a one and done. Oh, I took this course or I went to this workshop and now I am imposter syndrome free. No, it's probably going to keep showing up the rest of your life. But at least when you recognize what something is, you know how to handle it. When you don't know what it is, all you can do is say, oh, there's that feeling again. What? Mm-hmm. How do I feel like this? Who else feels like this? Can they tell I, I feel this way? You're you're battling with it, but you you have no weapons. But if you know what it is, you know exactly how to handle it when it shows up. So just understand no one is exempt from imposter syndrome. No one. You are not alone in this. Oh, I look, I'm sitting here reflecting on my own experiences as a leader with imposter syndrome. Like, for example, I remember the first time I had to give my own employee like honest to goodness, constructive feedback. And I was like, before we got on the call, you know, I'm just like, oh, like, who am I to be sitting here telling this person X, Y, and Z? Like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. And when I realized that I was like, you are scared of stepping into your power as a leader right now. Like, girl, you know, like you need to get it together. We are good. You built this business. You deserve to give feedback. And I had had to like, you know, put on a song, give myself a pep talk. And it was an amazing conversation afterwards. But I think what you're saying is so right, because I knew once I, you know, got out of my own head, I was like, wait a second, Tiana, this is imposter syndrome. You got to nip this in the bud. Mm -hmm. And you said something that was really important when you said, um, you were afraid of stepping into your own your own power. And the thing is, people the people we love and the people we serve, that's what they need from us the most. You know, you feel like you would be doing them a, a disservices if you spoke up and you got it wrong. And it's actually the opposite that's true. When you don't stretch yourself, when you draw back, when you shrink 
when you shrink yourself down, you're doing those people a disservice because you're not stretching and growing so that you can then turn around and help someone else stretch and grow in that same way. You're cheating yourself and the people you love and serve out of the highest level of transformation. Because if you're not showing up as your highest self, how can you deliver that type of transformation through your services, through your products, or whatever you offer? Man, that was good. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you are so on the money with that one. Yeah, and a lot of times we wonder, like, where does it come from? So if if we know that a lot of us are dealing with it, our next question is like, well, why does this even happen? Why are we struggling with this? But three of the main reasons we struggle with imposter syndrome is one, it may have come from childhood messages. You know, it it may have come from things we always heard our parents say to us. You know, if we, it could be small things. Like I can recall being a child and I see some of the people who lived in our area doing really well for themselves. And family members would be like, you don't know what they had to do to get that money, you know? And it was just their limited mindset around money that then made me feel like not only was I wrong for wanting wealth or trying to create abundance for my life and my family, but that if I did that, I was a bad person. You know, it could be something simple as as simple as that. Those messages we heard over and over again. It could be seeing our moms and our aunts or sisters who always, you know, just shrunk themselves down to appease other people. We saw them serving and over-serving and giving of themselves to the point of burnout and stressing themselves out and them living a life of lack. And then we go right behind them and we recreate that same narrative. It could be from your childhood. It could be the things that you saw or heard, the, the beliefs you adopted from experiences in your childhood that are still that are still showing up in your life today. You know, so don't beat yourself up so much worrying about, you know, worrying about, did I do something to deserve this or is it just me? No, there's probably some some subconscious stuff going on that is causing these thoughts to to surface. Another reason um, imposter syndrome shows up is sometimes because you get to a point in life where you realize you're different. You're not like your sisters and brothers. You're not like the rest of your family or you're not like your friends. And what that does is create a threatened sense of belonging because we have a natural um, we have a natural desire to belong. And when you realize you're different, a lot of times different is rejected. You know, when you think back to how families tend to operate or how social circles operate, as long as you're kind of the same, you kind of think the same, you kind of got the same type of swag, you're in good. But as soon as you kind of deviate from the norm, a lot of times that equates to rejection. People don't know how to handle stuff that they don't understand. And so when you realize you're different or you want a different life than what the rest of your family wants, or you just think different about money or business, you tend to get afraid that if I if I truly show up in the way that I feel and stand firm in that, I'm going to be rejected from the group. And I'm not going to have a place to belong. And that can trigger imposter syndrome. 
because it's like, you know, no, I got to play it small. No, I can't speak up in the boardroom because I don't, you know, I got to just stay in good with everybody. I don't want to upset my family. Those are the kinds of things that are kind of at work in the background. And then a third reason, um, and these are not the only reasons, these are just some common reasons imposter syndrome will, will surface sometimes. The third reason is like unspoken social and cultural norms. And that's something I struggled with, you know, and by that, what I mean is those things that are kind of unspoken, you're a mom. So if you're up late at night working on your business till one or two o'clock in the morning, you know, some people will shun you for that or look down on you. And it's just kind of this unspoken rule. Like if you're a mom, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be spending that type of time in your business. You should be spending that time with your kids and with your family and just being okay with rewriting those rules. Like I can spend this extra time with my child tonight, or I can work on my business tonight and um, create sustainability in my business so that it creates the time freedom so I can spend the entire next week with my child. So understanding that those social rules don't have to apply to you. You have the power to say, to change a statement from I should be doing this or I could be doing it. You have that power. It doesn't ever have to be I should. Just ask your, I mean, just preface it with I could and make your decision and stand in it. Yes. I, that is actually like, I love the simplicity of that. Like, that's just a simple thing that anybody can do right now. Stop with the shoulds and transition it to coulds. And you're already like one step further in helping yourself battle imposter syndrome. Exactly. I have to take a moment to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Primally Pure. Y'all, I'm not going to get too deep into this, but I've tried a lot of natural deodorants and my husband disapproves of 99.9% of them, but not my new Primally Pure Charcoal Deodorant. I have been so excited to share this with you because I have been testing it myself for three full months before I decided that it was worth sharing. This is absolutely my hands down favorite natural deodorant and I've tried at least five or six brands by now. And even better, it can be your new favorite too. You can get your next order for 10% off by using the code TIANA10. That's right, T-I-A-N-N-A-1-0, and you're on your way to your new favorite deodorant. And hopefully your significant other will approve of this one. (laughs) Most of this stems from us having we kind of come into the world where someone else has written the script for us, essentially. You know, most times you come in, you know you got to make it through school. Somebody else tells you, your parents or family pushes you to say, oh, you need to go to college or you need to, to start this business. Like they may be specific and tell you what kind of business to start or, you know, and then get your job and start a family. Like so often we come into this pre-written script and then we hit a certain point in our life and we don't recognize who's staring back at us. And it's like, well, who am I? What is it that I want? What, what, what is it? I mean, if no one else thought enough of me up until this point to let me take the reins, am I really capable? 
And so we have that whole internal battle going on. And then we have to start doing the work of unmasking this stuff, like unmasking who we really are and shedding the layers of what everybody else wants. If your spouse is ready to have kids and you aren't, you have that right, you know, and you communicating that is just as important as him communicating his needs to have one. And so we have this, this need to please others and follow this script. And when you're talking about imposter syndrome and, sh- and shedding those layers, you're talking about getting back to the root of who you are or really getting to know who that person is for the first time. So that when other people are trying to force their beliefs onto you, you are able to stand confidently in what you know to be true at your core. Wow. So I just had this major aha moment and I would die for your perspective on it. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're talking all about shedding the layers of imposter syndrome and getting back to who you are at your core. And all I keep thinking about is these leaders who come to me and, you know, there are images in media, in our industry, everywhere, quite frankly, about what a good leader is and what that looks like. So whether it's being super firm and strong or like you're so inspirational and like you can just have a press conference like Steve Jobs, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like whatever that image is in people's heads, I've started to have these conversations where they're kind of second guessing themselves because they're like, well, you know, I'm a visionary, for example, and I don't know how to kind of be that delegation guru. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you saying that it's about figuring out who you are at your core and kind of highlighting those skills and then maybe even finding help to support you with like the things that you aren't necessarily the best at at your core and that still can make you an effective leader. So that was an aha moment for me, but I want to hear your take on that. Certainly. It's, leadership is is all about taking the pen back, you know, and when I say it's leadership, That translates between your personal life and your business. Leading your own life is a form of leadership. And so the skills are transferable. When you learn how to set and enforce boundaries personally, you'll know how to do it professionally as well. But if you're not a master of self, you're going to struggle being the master of others. And so when you're talking about leadership, it's not about following a script someone else wrote. It's about you snatching that pen back and regaining control and ownership over your life and over your business and writing the script that you desire. It does not have to follow anybody else's template. You rewrite the narrative. You create your own new framework. And 10 years from now, other people might be writing articles about you and and creating videos around your framework of leadership. And you really weren't even trying to create a framework. You just chose to lead in your own unique way because that's usually what happens with all of these politically correct forms of leadership. Somebody just made the decision to say, you know what? This is how I'm going to lead. And it worked. Leadership is really all about you learning how to operate in your zone of genius and then setting parameters to allow your team to operate in their zone of genius. And so when you do that in a healthy way, the places where you are not strong, your team will be. So it's not about you being a jack of all trades. I think traditionally, you know, we were taught this image of leadership where you can't lead if you don't know how to do it. And that's not really true. Like as long as you understand how that function plays into the bigger puzzle, that's what's important. But 
you don't have to be a master of all things. And that will lead to you creating a business that you'll likely resent because you're going to be burnt out. You're going to be stressed. You cannot be the master of all things. You need to find your zone of genius and then hire a team that supports the areas where you need support and do it unapologetically because sustainable businesses operate in that very manner. You don't understand how aligned I am with you. Like, I'm over here smiling from ear to ear. I'm like, yes, hire the people who can fill your gaps. It's amazing. Uh, it's so good. Yeah, you waste so much. You will waste so much time. And I, I think sometimes even from a financial perspective, you know, people think, oh, well, I'll just DIY it to save money. But I can attest to the fact that if it's not your zone of genius, you end up wasting time that you cannot buy back and you'll end up wasting a lot of valuable resources and finances as well because you get the book and it's like, okay, I kind of understand it a little bit, but that's not enough. Let me go buy the course. And then you're like, oh, I learned something new, but I still don't really know (laughs) what I'm doing. And then it starts this chain reaction of information overload. And then here you are three months later, you still haven't gotten one step closer to covering that area where you need support. And you've wasted that time. You've wasted money on stuff that hasn't gotten you any closer to your goal. And now you end up having to go back to square one and investing in the actual resources you probably, you knew you probably should have done from the beginning. So great leadership really is all about relinquishing that idea of needing to be in the complete DIY space. Own your zone of genius and hire people who can do the rest. Oh, my gosh. And taking it full circle, uh, what you just said reminds me that when you do go down that slippery slope. Now, DIY and learning things on the ground, there's value in it, of course. But Mm -hmm. going down the slope, you know, with no breaks. (laughs) Honestly, when you crash and burn, that's when you start to feel imposter syndrome even more because you're like, (laughs) well, I can't do this. So I'm not fit to be a leader or the CEO of this business. Yada, 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 (laughs) yada. Right. And you set yourself up for it. You sabotage your own success because you're trying to be superwoman. That is not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to operate with your superpowers, but nobody's asking you to be superwoman. Uh, yes. Okay. So I feel like we have thoroughly convinced the people of what imposter syndrome is and all the impacts it can have on their business. And honestly, some of the things that we all experience that triggers imposter syndrome. So I would love to really dive into some major strategies that can kind of help people tune out the imposter monster. You know what I'm saying? So let's talk about that for a bit. Yeah, I'd say one of the most powerful ways to help um, overcome imposter syndrome is to create a brag binder. And you may have heard of it, but um, just don't over glorify the brag binder. Keep it simple. I mean, the in the brag binder, this is just a notebook, a, a binder or something where you keep things that remind you of your achievements and the things that you have accomplished in your business. A lot of times that is going to be, those are going to be your testimonials. I know even for me, um, because remember we said no one is exempt from imposter syndrome. It will likely continue to pop up at different times throughout your life. And that's actually a good thing as long as you don't allow it to overstay its welcome. But a lot of times, if if I'm having a rough patch or I'm, I know I'm about to step into this unknown, because like 
once you identify what your triggers are, like if there are certain people that make you retreat into that imposter syndrome mindset, if there are certain places or certain events, you know, like every time you get ready to step on stage to speak or hop on a mic to do a podcast interview or step into a boardroom to hold a meeting, if you know that those things trigger imposter syndrome, you can prepare for that. And a brag binder is a great way to do that. Having a place, a safe place, where you house different things that remind you of how great you are, whether even if you're on a job, you know, your evaluations, when you've gotten good evaluations or great reviews, putting those in there, when you tried a new recipe that you thought was going to be hard, testimonials from clients that you've worked with, ratings and reviews from off of your podcast or whatever you may have, all of those things belong in a brag binder. It's just having this place where you know you can go to to get you right back in your, get you back in that right headspace because you've got to remember how bomb you are. And what better way to do that than to have a specified place that you know you can go that will jerk you back in into that headspace that you need to be in. So that is one of my personal favorites is having a brag binder. You can make a digital brag folder, whatever it takes, you know, but having this central location where you just, it's basically love notes to yourself. You don't even have to write them as love notes. But when you're reading a review from someone who listened to your podcast or read your book or reading a client testimonial from someone you wrote with, those things are translated mentally as love notes, you know? And so that is going to create that element of confidence that you need to move forward anyway. Because that's going to remind you, your, do, your work is needed. You are bomb. You are showing up for the people and nothing will keep you from doing that, continuing to do that. So that is one of my favorite ones. I will also suggest creating a go-to affirmation. You can find an affirmation. You know, of course you can go to Pinterest and come up with a million different affirmations. You can find one or you can create one. Find one that speaks life into you, something that makes you feel good, something that that really contributes to your confidence instantly. As soon as you read it, you feel a renewing, you feel refreshed, you feel on 10 like you can take on the world. So spend some time finding one. And it probably shouldn't be super long because when you find it or you write it, you need to memorize it so that when those thoughts come into your head, you can automatically just repeat it over and over in your head until those thoughts go away. Because I would be crazy to sit here and tell you the negative thoughts will never come back again. <laughs> That's not how that works. But again, we talked about when you know what you're fighting against, you can have weapons to actually win the war. And so that is one of the ways to do that. Have a specific statement. Just just one super strong statement that you can always repeat. Every time those negative thoughts come, you just start repeating it over and over in your head until they go away. Um, and then the third thing I would suggest is practice accepting compliments. We have a tendency to shy away from just simply accepting compliments. You know, if you're looking good and someone says, oh, wow, that's a gorgeous dress. We have a tendency to be like, oh, yeah, thank you. I, girl, I got it from Dillard's off the clearance rack. That is subliminally communicating to yourself that you didn't really deserve that compliment. You only looked up and got it because you looked up and got the dress off of the clearance rack. 
So even those small nuances speak big, speak big things to us on a subconscious level. So learning how to just simply accept compliments and that's just saying thank you. Or if you're like me, <laughs> who struggled with accepting compliments for a very long time and you feel like you just need to say something more than thank you, then thank you. Thank you kindly or thank you. That was nice of you or I appreciate that. It's more than just thank you, but you're not you're not discounting the depth of what they're telling you, if that makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. And like every everything you just said, the brag binder, the go-to affirmation, and then accepting compliments. Yes, 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 yes. I don't have an official brag binder, but now that you say it, I realize that every time I, because I run an Airbnb, so every time I would get sad <laughs> and honestly, and we would go through like our Airbnb reviews because we have a few hundred of them now, that mm. would always lift my heart up. And now that I have Tipod, the same thing when I go through my Tipod, iPod reviews. I'm just like, oh, this is important work. Like, keep going, girl. I know you're tired, but you got this. (laughs) So the next step is those client testimonials because, you know, those are a little bit more spread out. So I really do like the idea of like having a like a screenshot folder on my phone or something like that where I can Mm -hmm. compile those for sure. Yeah. And, you know, firsthand with podcasting, much like running other businesses sometimes you're doing a lot of work and you may not actually you feel like you don't you don't know if it's really working because with a podcast it's not like every single day someone's reaching out like oh I listened to your podcast and it was so helpful and when you're recording and especially when you're doing solo episodes or even with you know a guest or two it feels like it's just just you or just you and that person Mm-hmm. You know you're speaking to women, you know you're speaking to an audience, but you may not have that instant gratification or that grant, that instant um, affirmation that what you're doing is working. So having those podcast reviews are so helpful, even in, in helping give podcast hosts the extra push they need to push imposter syndrome out. And so I'm saying that to say, really cherish those reviews that you get from clients and testimonials that you get it doesn't matter if you only have two or three that is an indicator that you are on the right track that you are bomb you don't have to have hundreds you don't have to have dozens use what you have and understand that you are a big deal never second guess that Absolutely. And I would even add, I love what you said. And I would add, because I'm thinking about my leaders, you know, I'm always thinking about my leaders. And as I think about them, feel free. It's not something that we ever talk about, but like ask your team for feedback. And you can ask them for constructive feedback and you can ask them for feed forward, which I need to do a whole episode on. I know, girl, I got you. But <laughs> feed feed forward is the positive version of feedback. So what am I doing well? How, what do you love about the way I've been leading this team? And do what she is telling you and screenshot those answers or record what they say, whatever you got to do and store it so that you can refer to it when you're feeling like, who am I to be leading this team of people? Yes. Uh, okay. I I think we could continue to talk forever, but that is frowned upon. So <laughs> is there are there any final words, final thoughts that you would like to share with the audience before we wrap this thing up? I just want to leave you guys with leave you with a quote, and I don't know who said it, just anonymous, but 
Falling in love with yourself first doesn't make you vain or selfish. It makes you indestructible. So remember, when you learn how to find purpose in using your zone of genius to create transformation in other people's lives, you have every right to lead with confidence. And by leading with confidence, it truly makes you indestructible because no one else can infringe their own beliefs on you because you are so firm and so sure of who you are and how you show up in the world. So own it. Own your power. There was literally no better way to end this episode. Brittany, I just adore you even more now that we've had this conversation, but I would love for you to tell the audience how they can connect with you, where they can find you, tell them everything. Oh, thank you. I have really enjoyed being here. Um, And I would love for you all to connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Brittany Shirell. Um, That's B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-S-H-E-R-E-L-L. And yeah, let me know you hurt me. And if you had any aha moments or takeaways, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. And I know the Tide Pod audience did as well. Thank you for having me.